It's the Perry and Shauna podcast on the real life journey with you, reminding you that you are Abba's beloved child and that Jesus has called you into his massive mission to heal the world. Are you ready? I'm ready to get coached up to be able to share my faith in a more powerful way. Got my buddy Aaron Bolduke with me and you. He serves with Ambassador for Christ International. And Aaron's passion is to share the gospel, and he's very gifted at it. But he's also passionate about coaching us up to be more effective in sharing the good news. Aaron, it is so good to have you back on the show. It's good to be back. So I understand there's a rumor floating around West Michigan because you are from West Michigan. Correct. But there's a rumor floating around West Michigan that you could dunk when you were in eighth grade. This is true. This is true. It's not <laughs> a falsity? No, it's true. I had a little bit of a little bit of bounce in my step back in the day. Okay. And did that continue from eighth grade? Uh, I tore my ACL when I was Ooh. 23. Ouch. And fortunately didn't do uh, my physical therapy as well as I should have. But I could still, I put a volleyball down last, you know, this summer, still oh. at 41. So I'm impressed. Not, not too bad. I'm impressed. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's what it takes to impress Perry LaHaye, <laughs> is being able to dunk a basketball. There you go. All right. So, hey, let's talk about sharing the faith. Absolutely. Who... I ask you, who is called to evangelize, to share the gospel? See, I love this topic because as someone who goes around and has ministered and has been training and teaching people on evangelism, the number one excuse, I guess, that we get is, well, why don't you share your faith? And people will say, well, I don't have that gift, right? Right. It's not my ministry. Yeah, it's not what I do. And uh, I want to be polite, but really the best answer to that is kind of like, oh, so I don't have the gift of mercy. And so then if somebody comes to me and needs something, I just tell them, well, I'm sorry, that's not my gift. Or, you know, when pastor tells us that we should give to the church or give to ministries, I just have to remind him I don't have the gift of giving. See, and it doesn't quite work that way. Even though people are gifted and some people have unique giftings, when you look at the Great Commission, Jesus said that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. Therefore, go and make disciples. And when you think of what a disciple is, you have to kind of think of a coin, maybe heads and tails, right? There's heads, which is evangelize. You have to evangelize somebody first. You can't have a disciple, and then you have to teach them to obey. That's the second side, right? And if you don't have both sides of the coin, you don't have a true disciple. And so really what I'd like to do, one of the things I like to do is when I'm talking about evangelism is I almost like to reteach it because I think I said this last time I was on, a lot of people think evangelism is something done uh, by, a lot of people think, you know, it's done by magicians from out of town, right? Mm -hmm. They come from out of town, these other people who have these special gifts, magic, and they come and they just do it. And the reality is it's hard work and it's an assignment given to all of us. And so in some regards, I like to think of it like tithing, like giving. When you tithe or when you give, there's a cost associated with that. You can go right to your bank statement and say, oh, look, there was a withdrawal. And we gave. When you evangelize, it's very similar. Um, you could, but the cost that you're going to pay sometimes is in other areas. It's like you could lose so, some social status, right? Uh, you could lose maybe an opportunity, honestly, at work. Like if you're the Jesus freak, if you will, right, in the office, you might not get the promotion. That's a, and those are serious things that we have to reckon with. But the reality is, is that 
God has called every Christian to be a part of his mission on earth to redeem the the lost Mm -hmm. and to train the found. But we can't do that unless we participate in evangelism. So every single person, whether it's your gift or not, is called to participate in that mission. We do have a question from Sabrina. And Sabrina asks, what are your most effective ways to break the ice or get into a conversation that leads to sharing Jesus with someone? And it's a, it's a great question because it's very important. Hey, absolutely. Well, the first thing you have to know is this. Before you do this, you're going to have that tension in your chest. You're going to have a little bit of nervousness. It's going to feel a little bit awkward. I used to work with a ministry called Dare to Share, and we had t-shirts actually that said awkward is awesome. Mm. Um, yeah. So you just have to understand this is you know, it's one of the two topics, right? They joke about you shouldn't talk about uh, religion and uh, politics, right? So what you want to do, though, really, is you want to ask people questions. Yeah. You don't want to just come barging in, hey, I'm a Christian and this and that and this and that. What you want to do is you want to ask people questions like, hey, do you have any spiritual beliefs, right? Yep. Uh, Dare to Share is actually a ministry that has some great resources online. It's a ministry I've partnered with a lot in the past. And they had a a method we used to teach teenagers called ask, admire, and admit. Hmm. And essentially what you do is in that method, you kind of ask people questions. Do you have any spiritual beliefs, this and that? And, and then you just wait and that's let them talk, let them say what they think, and then try to find something that is admirable about it. Oh, you know, like if you're talking to a Muslim person, for example, they're like, oh, I really admire how seriously you take your faith, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Or if you're talking to somebody else uh, and, and you, you hear something because you want to you wanna keep the, the ball moving in a positive direction. That's one. Another one, too, is I'll do this one a lot when I'm talking to a stranger, uh, which might be like maybe a waitress. Um, But you said ask, admire. What's the admit? Admit is then you would go on and you would want to admit because the reality is a lot of people think uh, when you're when a Christian comes to talk to them, they have this guard up of, oh, no, here comes one of these self-righteous Christians right? Who wants to talk to me. And, and, and a lot of people in a way think of it this way. They're thinking, okay, here comes somebody and they're going to tell me I'm really awesome. I follow all the rules and you should be like me. In reality, what we're trying to do, because we're sinners too, we're sinners saved by grace, right? We're just like everybody else is that you want to say, you know, I, my spiritual beliefs are, are like this. And then you want to talk about maybe actually some of your weaknesses and some of your needs, because the thing that we have in common with people who are not Christians, quite frankly, to be blunt, is we have sin and we have need, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I come to somebody like that, it disarms the, the, the situation and makes it not confrontational, not hostile. And then instead of telling them, I'm really good, you should be like me, what I'm really saying is, is look, here's all the things that I need Jesus for. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're like me. Yeah, it's this subtle difference between I'm really good. You should be like me. Yeah. To look, here's some things that I've really found in my life that I needed Jesus for. Maybe you're like me, and it and it, and it opens that door for people to look in their heart and yeah. to see those needs because they feel them. That's really powerful. So ask, hey, do you is your faith important to you? Yeah. Do you have any spiritual beliefs? And then when they share, you know, God's been working in their heart and they're, you know, pick something in that to admire and, and affirm 
in yes. that. Like with a Muslim, you know, I love your dedication and your your longing to go to paradise someday or something like that. And then, and then just you know what? I'm a I'm a human. I'm a fellow struggler like you. I'm on the journey like you. And I I just realized I've got junk in my life, and I I need Jesus in my life. What is the best approach, Aaron, to evangelism? What is the posture that we should take? Sure. You know, this is a maybe, you know, minus just knowing the gospel and being able to articulate it might be the next most important thing. And it's it's simply this, Perry. It's when we're sharing the faith with somebody else, we have to remember who we once were, right? And the fact is, is I think most of us need to remember that we still do struggle with things, right? See, the the world has these, and we did talk about this a little bit in the last segment, but the world kind of has these misconceptions about Christians. You know, mm-hmm. you can go back uh, maybe to when I was a kid and the Ned Flanders, the yodely hodely, uh, <laughs> you know, do-gooder, um, and, and self-righteousness, right? Oh, gosh, you know, everybody knows a Christian who's hip. And in a way, all Christians, in some regards, we are hypocrites because we're trying to follow someone who we can't follow perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when we come, we have to be able to come with a humility yeah. of recognizing that we don't have it all figured out. We're not perfect. And let's let's be honest, the whole point of Christianity is that Jesus came to save sinners of uh, whom we are the worst is what Paul says, right? Yep. Yep. And so when I, you know, when I think about it, I want to come to people and sometimes I'll talk to someone and they'll say, oh, but I can't be a Christian. I have this big sin or whatever. And I I just want to let them know, well, you know what? I've struggled with similar things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 1, I think is a great passage, uh, 26 through 31. And I'll kind of highlight a couple points of it. But sure. it says, brothers and sisters, think of who you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards or influential or of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. He chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And as that passage goes on, it says that, uh, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. Mm -hmm. And really when we're, when we're doing evangelism, you have to remember, we're not coming with a list of our religious accomplishments. You know, well, I quit drinking or I quit smoking or I haven't sworn in six years or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, I follow Jesus. And before I did that, here's where I were here's what I was up to and here's what he's done in my life. And still to this day, you know, if, if I sometimes tell people, and if Jesus didn't hold me, I'd walk away, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and we forget about those things, right? Is that everything that we have, all of our spiritual things, all of our blessings, the fact that we're saved, the fact that we're blessed, any of those things, it comes from Jesus and Jesus alone and not because we're awesome, but and honestly, in spite of us, yep. right? God loves us. So we... We need to come with humility, and so God needs to humble us. And yeah. he brings things into our lives to humble us. Yeah, sometimes you know, suffering and trials. I mean, I started I started following Jesus when I was 10 years old, and the worst sins in my life would happen after I first started following Jesus. I mean, I was 10 years old. I really didn't have an opportunity to do many things good or bad. Yep. And as a teenager, just fell into to lots of selfish desires and passions and all that stuff. Yeah. And I've failed many times as as an adult. I mean, last year, you know, I had a song that I put out that did really, really, really well. And it went to my head and 
I started making it all about me. And that was something that just happened last year. Yep. And I had to take like six months for my heart to reset. Lord, this ministry you've given me, it's about you, not about me. So here I am, a radio guy, you know, doing this stuff for Jesus, yep. but looking for applause. So I need a Savior as much as I ever needed him right now on today. Oh, yeah. I remember one time I was working with a guy who was in church leadership, and I could sense there were some pride issues there. And mm -hmm. so I gave him an assignment, and I said, I want you to keep a Post-it note pack in your back pocket. Every time you say something you shouldn't, every time you think something you shouldn't, every time you go somewhere you shouldn't, and every time you see something you shouldn't, this week I want you to write it down and we'll meet next Saturday. Mm. Well, as he did that throughout the course of the week, we did have a pretty powerful meeting that coming Saturday when he just realized, just like all of us need to realize that, oh my goodness, I need to be saved by Jesus every day. Yes. Right? Every day. And if you forget about that, if you're on the road right now and that guy's about to cut you off and you have those <laughs> thoughts of anger and rage coming through you, like maybe other people like <clears throat> me struggle with, right? Like I struggle with those kinds of things, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a me parent too. and you just are struggling with being patient with your kids today or whatever it is, whatever it is, just remember that Jesus saved you. He saved you from your past. He's saving you today from your present. And one day he's going to save us future from the judgment to come, give us everlasting life. And he does it all because he loves us, not because we're awesome. The gospel itself puts us in the right frame of heart to share it with others. That's right. The gospel humbles us first. Mm -hmm. Tim Keller is so good at, you know, making this clear. The gospel humbles us by showing us we are that sinful that Christ had to come and die for us. That's right. But also that we are that loved that Christ came to come and die for us. And so the gospel itself that we want to share is what puts us in the right frame of heart to share it. That's right. Let me ask you this, Aaron. Are we ashamed? Are you ashamed of the gospel? Well, you know, I think that's a really good question for all of us to ask ourselves. You know, um, I'd like to say that I'm not, right? Mm -hmm. But... To be honest, every time, you know, I, and I, I hate to say it like this, but I, in some regards, I'm a professional, right? Like I'm a, I'm an evangelist. I'm a missionary. I've been a pastor before, preacher. Uh, here we are on the radio talking about Jesus. But in reality, every single time I share the gospel or if I know I'm going in to do it, I get nervous. I get nervous. I get a knot in my chest and I have to fight through that. And so in some regards to our listeners out there, what I want to do is I want to challenge you and ask you, um, What's holding you back? Mm -hmm. What is holding you back? Is it is it fear or are you are you ashamed that people are going to know who you are, who you follow, who you love? You know, Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 10, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. And of course, I don't say that to to be harsh. I don't say that to scare people. But these are scriptures. These are teachings from Lord Jesus Christ. These are teachings from the Apostle Paul. And they are meant to be a little bit of fire under our backside, if you will, sure, to kind of push us out. Because it is scary. It is. And it's hard. And I want to also encourage you out there, those of you who maybe feel convicted about things like this, like, man, I've really blown it, or I really haven't been sharing my faith the way that I ought to. 
God loves you. Mm. He, he forgives you. You know, if you go out today and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone and you lead someone to Christ, he will love you equally mm-hmm. as if you go out and completely blow it and get scared. Yeah, here's the thing. Like Jesus said these words, says these words to us, but back then he was saying it to his guys and he was saying it to Peter. And Peter would go on to disown Jesus, dis- deny Jesus three times. And he forgave him. 100%. And he restored him. And he pulled him back up and he said, come on, little buddy, you can do it. And Peter went on to, well, he gave his life for, for Christ. That's right. And ultimately what this is, these teachings are supposed to, are designed to do is they're not supposed to make us operate out of fear, mm-hmm. but out of deep love and gratitude yeah. for the Savior who gave us his life and continues to give us his life today. Yeah. Think about, yeah, that's what motivates me to share Jesus is just how much he loves me, how much, how extravagant his love is for me. And then out of that overflow, it just helps me to get, to push through that fear. So here's a question, Aaron. And it the question is, how do you share Jesus with family members who are adamantly opposed. Adamantly. There's emotion there. Yeah. Adamantly opposed to the gospel. Sure. Well, and thanks for the question. So there's a couple of things I want to touch on before we get in kind of the meat of that answer. So if somebody is adamantly opposed, oftentimes there's two reasons for that. One is spiritual warfare, spiritual darkness, right? So uh, we have to, we can't forget that our battle is not against flesh and blood, right? But against spiritual powers as well. So uh, you have to be aware of that. And that there's only one solution to that, which is prayer. Mm-hmm. The other time too is, is that we are humans. And sometimes people are adamantly opposed uh, to us. And maybe it's because we have things about us that are bothersome to them, et cetera, et cetera. So, and this isn't at all the, and this may not be the situation of the person who texted in, but I do want to preach self-awareness mm-hmm. to people that you be aware of how you're coming off uh, and be aware of um, anything in your attitude that might want, that the Lord might want to refine. Okay. That's just one area before we get started. Right now, the, now where this comes in is you, you have to have a proper perspective First Corinthians teaches us that some plant, some water, God gives the growth. Evangelism is not always, as we've been taught sometimes, an instant thing. So you have to be ready for the long haul, especially with a family member, especially with someone who's opposed. You have to be ready to kind of gird up, if you will, mm-hmm. and be prepared because this could be a lifelong mission. All right. And then secondly, when those people are being adamantly opposed— uh, Jesus teaches us in Matthew 9 to have compassion, right? And then to pray. So it starts with compassion and prayer. Most likely, you're not going to argue anybody into the, into the kingdom of heaven, right? So what you're looking for here is opportunities to plant seeds that will ultimately grow and water those seeds. So that could be anything from uh, reaching out with special care, special love. You know, when that person has a hard thing in their life, you need to be the person who comes in with grace, with love, with help, with tangible resources, those types of things. What is their felt need? That's right. What's going on right now that's really hard 
that we can step into and show compassion. Yeah, so you're building a bridge. And sometimes what I tell people is, you know, in the church, we sometimes say evangelism and outreach as if they're the same thing. Uh, evangelism and outreach are slightly different. And, and, and sometimes these situations are outreach situations. And here's the way I'll define that. Outreach is building the bridge. Evangelism is preaching the gospel. Right. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes people aren't ready. Their hearts are hard. And uh, if you will, we'll call them green apples. Uh, they're not ripe. Right. So what you're looking to do in the meantime, while you're getting there, and I would encourage you to get online, start reading. Uh, if you want, you can send a message to ambassadors and I'll come, I will come train you personally. If I can, if I can come and meet with you or your church or your small group, I will do that. But in the meantime, you want to start looking for bridges and building those bridges yourself. Be the person of compassion. Be the person of peace. So whatever their need is, whatever's going on, if they're struggling, if they're depressed, if they have a financial need, if they need babysitting, whatever it is, you sacrificially give to that person, build the bridge, and God will use that to open a door for the gospel. But I shouldn't look at that person as a project. No. I need to genuinely love. So we're going to move on here, but real quick— you know, the person who's adamantly opposed to the gospel or family members, it might be because they were burned yep. by somebody in the church. Yep. And so they're angry. Or it could be, you know, they bought into the the cultural zeitgeist. Oh, wow. You know, the spirit of the age that the Bible, Christians are bigoted. You guys are haters. Yeah. You believe that outdated stuff, that archaic stuff about sexuality and such. And so they're, they're angry because they think we're haters. So what about that? Again, I know we've been hitting, ringing this bell pretty loud today, but humility, 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 right? Mm. People who are adamantly opposed to the gospel oftentimes have run into a Christian that God loves, who maybe is ill-informed, or self-righteousness. I mean, self-righteousness is the number one killer of evangelistic momentum with anybody. We are sinners. We need Jesus. We open your New Testament. Go through it page after page after page. We need Jesus. Be grateful. Be humble. Be brave. Right? There's nothing wrong with being bold. But in our boldness, it's that we are humble sinners. We're nothing without mm. Christ, right? Mm. And so people who are adamantly opposed, they need to have bridges built to them by loving, humble, generous, self or self-sacrificing Christians. And that may take years, but you can't give up and you have to be praying along the road. Uh, and the Lord will open a door. He will. And just like Paul, when Paul was in, I believe you'll find it in Colossians chapter 4, he was in chains. He was in prison. He could have had many different prayer requests. And in Colossians 4, he says, and pray that the Lord would open a door, right, for me to share the gospel and that uh, I would proclaim it clearly as I ought to. And really, that's the process. We are praying that the Lord would open a door, and but we also have to be willing to build the bridge to get there with somebody who probably has some sort of baggage, some sort of frustration. It could be anything from a atheist video on YouTube to a self-righteous Christian at school uh, to a bad interaction with a parent. Um, there's a million different ways that that can happen. Uh, but it's our job to seek those people out, have compassion on them and build the bridge so that one day we can have that open door. We've got a question, another question. How do we share the gospel with those who say they believe in Jesus, but in reality, 
they only know about him. So they know about Jesus intellectually. They'll say, I'm a Christian, but they really need to have this awakening to Jesus Christ. Yeah, so, I mean, Jesus has given us uh, probably, in in some regards, the hardest passage in the Bible to me, uh, most challenging, Matthew 7. Uh, it's the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And um, these are for people who are more, like you said, they say they're Christians, but it, maybe you're not seeing the fruit. Maybe you're not seeing um, a real spiritual life or a spark there. This is hard, but I'll challenge people oftentimes with Matthew 7, and particularly the passage where Jesus said, you know, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did I not? You know, and, and it goes on to kind of talk about religious works and 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 spiritual things, right, which we do, right? I've, well, I've been to church. I do that. I gave. I did all these things, right? I My, my kid, I, had, I was baptized, whatever, all the possible things. And it comes keeps coming back to, but but do you know Jesus? And the way that we know that we know Jesus is that we walk under conviction from the Spirit. There's change. There's life change. Not perfect life change, right? Uh, he's in process with all of us, and none of us will be perfect till the end. But it is, as challenging as the Sermon on the Mount is, it is the most famous sermon given by Jesus. And, it, and if for that very reason, I think it's probably the best possible way to challenge someone who's in that place. Yeah. And, and I think we can... We don't have to make the judgment whether or not they really know Jesus. But if we share a warning with them, you know, if they know Jesus, maybe it's going to bring that reality out. If they don't know Jesus, God can use it to convict. And so that passage is in Matthew 7. Many, you know, will say to me, Lord, Lord, in that day, didn't we not do all these things? But I'll say, Jesus, you know, is, is saying, I'll say, go away from me. I never knew you. Yeah. And those warnings have power to transform. That's right. Got a text from Corrine who's, who reminds us, you know, the word says to share the good news with gentleness and respect. Absolutely. And I know we've been ringing the, uh, the humility bell, if you will, pretty loud. But that that's something that every time we come to the topic of evangelism, we need to. And uh, Korean, I do appreciate your comment too, because, you know, 1 Peter 3 is always one of the passages. It's kind of a go-to passage for evangelistic training and teaching, encouraging, etc. I'm going to go ahead and just share that with everybody. And it, again, we remember we talked about outreach and evangelism, outreach building bridges, evangelism, sharing the gospel. Yep. It says, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? Think about you're doing that outreach, right? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. And here comes the gentleness and respect. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And that's that part right there where I said, you know what? I don't know anyone who shares the gospel who doesn't get scared, but we're revering Christ as Lord. We're obeying that Mm -hmm. commandment. It's good. And then it says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. And I I love that passage because it it covers humility. It covers doing good deeds towards people. 
It even covers training yourself up, being prepared to have an answer. And and listen, I'm not here to tell everybody that this is easy. I'm actually trying to give us a, a really true picture of it. It takes work to mm-hmm. do evangelism. It takes work to reach out to people. It takes work to be compassionate and prayerful. But it also takes some work privately in your Bible with the Lord to be ready to give that answer. And then it takes that heart work at the end to be compassionate and gentle and respectful. Yeah, I am honored by the Lord to be able to work with a a mission community called Frontiers. And the mission statement of Frontiers is, with love and respect, inviting all Muslim peoples to follow Jesus. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to say with snark and sarcasm, right? <laughs> right. I mean, that's the that's the reality. Is that we are. Christ's ambassadors. You know, I love that the name of obviously my missions organization that I work with, Ambassadors for Christ. Mm-hmm. You think of it that way. Uh, Paul says, you know, we are ambassadors of Christ. We are pleading. We are imploring people. If 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 the government or uh, you know some sort of organization sends an ambassador, they're mm-hmm. sending that person to be respectful. They're sending that person to be a good ambassador and to build that bridge, right? And that's our job. We are Christ's ambassadors here on earth. And that requires two things. To be a good ambassador, you have to actually do the assignment, right? In this instance, it's, yeah, we have to take that chance. We have to to risk it and, and share Christ with people, but we also need to do it in a way that brings honor and glory to our sender, mm-hmm. whether the result is what we want or not. We're not in charge of the result. Right. An ambassador is not, you send an ambassador overseas, he's not in charge of the answer that is given back for the requests and the, and the, and the things that they do. But you are responsible to do it the right way Mm -hmm. and to do it. Yes. All right. So Lucy has texted in. Lucy's a really good friend of ours. Lucy is really, really super good at building relationships with people and getting into spiritual conversations. And so the Lord is leading her to to go throughout the United States and go to campgrounds and hang out at these campgrounds and share the faith. You know, get into conversations. She's, she's really good at it. She's going to get into a lot of gospel conversations. Yeah. Uh, should she, she's wondering if she should leave something with them, you know, something, some kind of resource with you know, the people she shares with. Sure. Yeah. And, and and honestly, that's a great thing to do. It is sometimes challenging to find ones that are, you know, that you feel comfortable leaving, I would say. Yeah. There's one that I would suggest. Um, it's called What is the Gospel? And it's authored by Greg Gilbert. There's a book form, which I would encourage anyone out there to read. It's fantastic. It helps people share the gospel better by understanding the gospel deeper. But in this instance, there's a box of tracks. And I just actually went and looked it up. You can get a box of 25 of them for $3.99, I think, right? And um, basically what it does is it walks people through God, the wonderful creator, the generous creator, man, the sinner, Christ, the unique Savior who is uniquely qualified to save us, and then how faith and repentance work together, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and, and those are good things to explain to somebody. And what's her name again? Lucy. 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 Let me just tell you, I am so thankful that you are going to do that. You know, a lot of people, it's redeeming the time, right? You're going to 
be out traveling, doing something that you like, but doing something of eternal significance. And, um, you know, I just encourage everybody to look at that, whether it's playing in a recreational basketball league or fishing or whatever the things that you do, redeem those moments, use those as opportunities to build bridges and to share Christ with people. What's the name of that booklet again? Uh, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? Yep. And the author is Greg Gilbert. Hey, we should pray for Lucy. Yeah. We should send her, man. Absolutely. Do it. All right. Well, Lord, I want to thank you for Lucy. Uh, Lord, I want to just ask that you, one, that you'd get her all these places safe, but then that you would make her a person of peace, um, that she, that you would give her unique wisdom, unique opportunities, um, a humble and gentle spirit, but a bold spirit all at the same time, Lord. Mm -hmm. And I just want to pray that through this uh, endeavor of hers, Lord, that she would be able to reach people for Jesus, Lord. And and I, I do think, I know that she's going to be out planting. I know that she's going to be out watering. But Lord, we're going to ask too that you would allow her to be experience the harvest as well. We would love to hear a story come back from her of an opportunity to pray with somebody or follow up with somebody who has ultimately placed their faith in Jesus. So Lord, we lift her up, we send her out and put your anointing on her. Jim is weighing in and Jim says, he's texted, what does it actually look like to be prepared? And then after you answer that, then how do we get into those conversations? Sure, sure. So <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4, kind of, and this uh, don't take this as self-promotion, but the reality is, is in the New Testament, we've been given different people who God equips to equip us, right? And uh, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, So Christ himself gave apostles and prophets the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Now, here's the interesting part, right? Verse 12 tells us he gave us those people to equip people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Mm -hmm. And what I'd like to encourage you to do is I'd like the same thing that I did. When I was 23 years old, I was or twenty, actually 20 years old, I was born again. And I instantly was convicted that I needed to, to share Christ with others. I did not know how to do it. And so I found a program that I really liked. I found a couple websites that I really liked. And I started reading a few books that were really helpful. Over the years, I, I dare say I've probably read about every evangelism book that there is. And it's not so that you can be a clone of someone else. Like even when I come to do training, I'm really clear. Sometimes I'll even start off by telling something really crazy that I do that God doesn't need you to do, right? Um, everyone has their own calling and we're not supposed to be clones of each other. But I would really encourage you to try to find evangelists who are gifted, who are called, who've been trained and equipped to equip you, whether that be through the internet, whether that be through books or here, like I said, I'm, I've placed myself here in West Michigan to be a living resource to local churches and people, nonprofits and others, uh, so that I can come in and help them personally. So you'd be willing to meet up and have coffee with Jim? 100%. Okay. Yeah, that's the calling of the evangelist, wherever God asks us to go, whether it's a stadium or whether it's a place with a dirt floor or whether it's a coffee shop with one person. I'll be I'll be training a youth group this weekend in Hudsonville, right? And um, wherever God asks me to go, I can say yes. And that's the beauty of that role. So cool. All right. So just landing this thing, getting into gospel conversations. 
talk about it. Yeah. So gospel conversations, getting into them. So um, again, remember, you may have heard me say awkward is awesome, right? And it is. If you, if you feel that little twinge, you know you're about to do the right thing. So there's, there's really no silver bullet. I'll tell you what I do a lot of times, especially if I'm talking to a stranger. Uh, so an instance I had not too long ago, I was at a restaurant in Holland with a friend. And um, of course, I prayed. These are the kinds of things evangelists pray for. I pray that I would get a waitress or a waiter who was having a hard time. And so how do you start that off at a restaurant or something, for example? I will literally look to the person. You want to disarm, right? You don't want to scare them off. So it's like, I'll look at them and say, hey, this is exactly what I said. Hey, this might sound weird. But when, but when you say that, you're disarming the person. You're letting them know like, hey, I'm going to say something a little out of the norm here. Mm-hmm. In this instance, I said, uh, me and my friend are about to pray for our food. We love Jesus. And we think that we would really love to pray for you as well. Mm-hmm. As I looked back up to see how it was going to go, tears were already in that young woman's eyes. <laughs> and she walked away actually from the table, leaving us in an awkward moment. Like, oh boy, did we just hurt her or scare her? But instead she came back and opened right up and she had had a really difficult situation in her life. And it opened the door for us to get a gospel conversation started, pray for her and invite her to church ultimately. And, and so you have to recognize when you're getting into those conversations that, you, yeah, it, you know, it's kind of like, well, well, do you love Jesus? I, I don't know. What do you, I mean, what do you say? Right. And so um, what I'll do oftentimes is say, Hey, you know, I know this topic's a little bit taboo or I'll, Hey, this might sound weird, but what, what, what do you think about spiritual things? You just have to kind of disarm a little yeah. bit. Let them know, hey, I'm coming in for something. I know this is a little bit awkward. I know this is a little bit weird, but I care about you. And here it is. You could even say, this is a, this is probably going to be a little bit uncomfortable for you. And frankly, it's it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable too. But, yeah. you know, is your, faith, is your faith important to you? Yeah. You hey. know, do you have any spiritual beliefs? Is there any way I can pray for you? Yeah. Hey, I'm yeah. nervous to say this, but I really feel it's important. And you're my friend. Oh. I've built a relationship with you. Will you listen to me? That's really good. Yeah. Hey, I'm nervous to say this. Yeah. That's awesome. That's being human. That's right. All right. Thanks for letting Barry and Shauna walk the real life journey with you. The content from the Barry and Shauna podcast comes from their live show. Barry and Shauna mornings on 89.3 Moody Radio, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Reach out to us by texting 800-968-8930 and please subscribe.